Tomorrow night is uh, begins Shavuot, and so I'm going to be speaking about Shavuot with you today. In just a moment while I get, I'm going to get a PowerPoint out for you. Hold on a second, please. Here we go. Let's see. Is that up? It's not up for you yet. Just a moment. Come on. Be nice. Just a moment. We'll try that again. One, two, three, four, and Shazam. I want to talk about the second and third coming of Shavuot. Since the festival will be upon us beginning tomorrow night, I want to talk about Shavuot. What it was, what it foreshadows, and what it should be. Just a moment, I'm having technical difficulties. Just a moment, kiddies. What it was, what it foreshadows, and what it should be now. The festival of Shavuot is known in Christian circles as Pentecost. I think we all agree that few Jews know what Shavuot, that Shavuot has been transmuted into a Christian holiday. And few Christians recognize that Pentecost is really a Jewish holiday, for Pentecost is the Greek term for Shavuot. Nothing less, nothing more, and nothing other. In Christian circles, Pentecost also has a nickname. It is called the birthday of the church. And here is where I would like to park with you for a while, because along with this name and this concept, a number of misconceptions have crept in which cannot be supported from the Bible. And correcting these misconceptions has much to do with what I believe God would want for the Messianic Jewish movement. I think we should think of Shavuot as being about the Jewish past and about the Jewish future. And this should shape the Messianic Jewish present again. We should think of Shavuot as being about the Jewish past and the Jewish future. And therefore, this should shape the Messianic Jewish present. So let's look at the Jewish past, the Jewish future, and then at our present. We'll start with the past. Shavuot, of course, is a time when we celebrate the gift of Torah. As a sign of gratitude, many Jews will stay up all night tomorrow night studying holy things. This is called Tikkun Lel Shavuot, and it's based on a midrash explaining how the Israelites <laughs> slept late on the morning of the revelation at Sinai and thus almost missed the giving of Torah. 
by staying up all night, we atone for this lapse of our ancestors and demonstrate our gratitude for the gift of Torah. Shavuot is also connected with the season of the grain harvest in Israel. In ancient times, the grain harvest lasted seven weeks and was a season of gladness. It began with the harvesting of the barley during Passover and ended with the harvesting of the wheat at Shavuot. Shavuot was thus the concluding festival of the grain harvest, something to celebrate, just like the gift of Torah. We Messianic Jews also celebrate the sending forth of the Ruach on the day of Pentecost, which was Shavuot, a third wonderful gift to celebrate. Let's look a little more at uh, this particular aspect of Jewish past. Let's look at the apostolic Shavuot. Looking at the second chapter of Acts, we discover that the apostolic Shavuot was actually meant to be a divine renewal movement among the Jews, that in fact, it wasn't until years later that some non-Jews began coming to faith. So how Jewish was the apostolic Shavuot? For one thing, on that day, the disciples were waiting in Jerusalem, a thoroughly Jewish city. Secondly, the coming of the Spirit was a Jewish promise. As for example, in Ezekiel 36, where we read, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Third, Acts chapter 2, verses 5 to 13 specify that the entire crowd that gathered in response to the coming of the Spirit and which heard the preaching of Peter was Jewish, every single one of them, Jews and proselytes. Fourth, when he preaches a sermon, Peter specifies that the crowd he is addressing is, quote, fellow Jews, end quote. They were there as participants in Shavuot, a very Jewish event. The only non-Jews in the area were the Roman garrison nearby in the fortress Antonia. Fifth, the texts Peter preaches from are all Jewish texts. Sixth, the 3,000 who came to faith that day <laughs> were all Jews. Seventh, the resultant believing community lived in unbroken continuity with the wider Jewish community. We read, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts, which could not have been so if they had broken with Jewish life and community. They were still Jews living a Jewish life. Let me illustrate. In chapter 3, sometime later, we don't know how long, days, weeks, months, Peter and John are going up to the temple at the time of prayer. Two Jews going to the temple to pray, a very Jewish thing. They're not going there to worship, they're going there to pray. 
This is another powerful evidence of Jewish continuity. The gift of the Spirit at Pentecost was meant to empower a Jewish renewal movement. I especially want us to note what Ezekiel had promised. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Pentecost was meant to join the spirit and Torah. And Shavuot, when we celebrate the gift of Torah, is also our time to celebrate the gift of the spirit. The prophet, speaking as God's representative, joined Torah and spirit. So should we. As we continue reading in Acts chapter 3 to 10, we find over and over again that the Pentecost spirit is a spirit of Jewish renewal. Although people like to say that Pentecost was the birthday of the church, it isn't until years later when Peter visits Cornelius in Acts chapter 10 that the first non-Jew becomes part of this Jewish renewal movement. And even Cornelius is not your average pagan. He is a God-fearer. He and all his household held to a Jewish lifestyle and revered the God of Israel even before they heard the good news. Cornelius is the groundbreaker, but it will not be until Acts 13 that the first organized missionary activity to Gentiles proper takes place. And even here, Paul and his band always start with the Jewish community first. So what's the point? The point is that Pentecost was a thoroughly Jewish thing for years, a Jewish renewal movement. And even when it went beyond Jewish borders to the Gentile world, it was a Jewish blessing being shared with others. And Pentecost was also a Jewish day, holy day, that joined Torah and spirit, a Jewish renewal movement meant to renew Jewish life. The outpouring of the spirit on Pentecost resulted in thousands of Jews coming to faith, many thousands after the day of Pentecost itself, and into those years of the New Covenant community, which we might call the Pentecost period. We have looked at the apostolic Pentecost of the past, the Shavuot of the risen Messiah who poured forth the Spirit on that day. Now let's look at the Pentecost outpouring of the future, another outpouring of Jewish renewal. This will be a second coming of Shavuot, in a way, a second coming of Pentecost. Look with me for a few minutes at Zechariah chapter 12. Speaking of a future day, the prophet says, and I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of grace and supplication. They will look on me, the one they have pierced, and they will mourn for him as one mourns for an only child and grieve bitterly for him as one grieves for a firstborn son. 
Revelation chapter 1, verse 7 reflects this imagery. Look, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the peoples of the earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. There are common denominators between these texts and the Pentecost story of Acts chapter 2. First, the crucified Messiah is publicly portrayed. The Jewish people are pricked to the heart in repentance. And the entire endeavor is in the context of an outpouring of the Spirit. So there will be a second coming of Pentecost with even more dramatic consequences for the Jewish people and for the world than was the case in the apostolic Pentecost. God has not lost his ability to bring multitudes of Jewish people to himself through repentant faith in Yeshua the Messiah. What then does this mean for us in the present? Let's consider together the following three imperatives. First, realign. The Messianic movement needs to see itself as a subset of the Jewish community. We tend to see ourselves as Jewish-flavored evangelicalism, but we need to shift a little bit. Secondly, repent. We should repent of pessimism concerning Jews coming to faith in Yeshua. It is just as possible now as it was 2,000 years ago. Third, return. We need to return to Jewish thinking, Jewish speaking, and Jewish living as a common ground with our people and as a proper means of glorifying and obeying God so that our people might hear and see us speaking in their language the wonderful works of God. We need a Messianic Judaism that joins Torah and spirit, just as the prophets promised. What God has joined together, we should never tear asunder. Finally, when we have a Torah service, we sing these words from the Book of Lamentations. Hashivenu Adonai Bring us back to you, O Lord, and we shall return. Renew our days as of old. He did it before. At the end of history, he will do it again. And he can do it now. So let's pray that the Messianic movement will turn to being part of what God is up to in the world. And let us pray that God will show us what role we are to play in this great consummation.
Hashivena Waranaya Lechavana Shuva. Chadesh Yemenu Kekedem. Bring us back to you, O Lord, and we shall return. Renew our days as in days gone by. Send us. Send us. Send us another Pentecost, another Apostolic Shavuot. Have mercy upon your people Israel, whom you claimed for yourself through no deserving of our own. Have mercy on us and forgive us who represent you for being so often careless in how we do. Have mercy. Amen. We come now to the Alenu. The Alenu, which reminds us of what our sermon just reminded us of. The Alenu reminds us that we are a people of responsibility. The Elena reminds us that at the end of time, the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And that day the Lord will be one and his name one. So let us sing the Elena together. Lift a melech, make hamlachim, hakadosh baruch hu. Shehunot eshamayim vayosed arets, uvoshav yekarov eshamayim imal. Uskinatu zo, uskinatu zo, begav hemeromim. Hu eloheinu enod, emet malkeinu efesulato. hope in you, Adonai, our God, that we may soon see your mighty splendor. To remove detestable idolatry from the earth and false gods will be utterly cut off. To perfect the universe through the almighty sovereignty, then all humanity will call upon your name to turn all the earth's wicked toward you. All the world's inhabitants will recognize and know that to you, every knee should bend, every tongue should swear. 
Before you, Adonai, our God, they will bend every knee and cast themselves down. To the glory of your name, they will render homage, and they will all accept upon themselves the yoke of your kingship, that you may reign over them soon and eternally. For the kingdom is yours, and you will reign for all eternity in glory, as it is written in your Torah, Adonai shall reign for all eternity. Therefore, God, also highly exalted Messiah, and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name belonging to Yeshua, every knee should bend in the heavens and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Yeshua the Messiah is Adonai to the glory of God the Father. And it is said, Adonai will be king over all the world. On that day, Adonai will be one and God's name will be one. If you're observing a York site, we invite you to join us in the Mourner's Kaddish. Yitkadal v'yitkadash shemei rabah. Ba'amah divra chirute v'yamnich malchute v'yitzmach pokanei v'yikarei meshichei b'chai echon uv'yom echon uv'chayei d'chol b'yit Yisrael ba'agalah v'yizman kariv v'yimru Amen. Yeshmi Rabba Mavarach, the Olam Olome Omaya. Yit Barach for Yish Tabach. Fit Paar Vishramam Vietnas Se. Fitadar Vitale Vitalal Shemade Kudisha Brihu. Laila Minkobio Katafa Shirata, Tushpa Katafa Nechamata, Damiramba Omavi Imru. Amen. Amen. Yeshloma Rabba Min Shamaya. Fahayim Aleno. Fial Kol Yisrael. Fimru. Amen. O se shalom bemomav. Hu yaase shalom. Alenu vial kol Yisrael vial kol Yosvei Tevel. Vimru amen. He who lives in the celestial heights will make peace for us, for all Israel, and for all who dwell upon the earth. And let us say, Amen. We come now to our announcements and we turn to our president. Melissa Moskowitz. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you 